Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Podcast. My name is Jeremy, and uh, I am the host. And I have with me a couple of dogs, and uh, I love them dearly. Now get down now. So how's it going? I hope everybody's had a good week. Um, I hope that uh, you're able to find some positives if you're going through some negatives. But uh, there's a lot to be happy about, I guess. There's a lot to be aggravated about. There's Life's tough at times, but uh, it's the only one you got, so try to make the best of it. So let's go through the uh, spiel of the same old bullshit. Tell someone, get someone to subscribe. Uh, if you can, leave us a rating on wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening. Leave us a review. Um, and right now, any all monies that are collected are going to help pay for the medical uh, bills and surgeries for the um, dog that was abused here in my area. Uh, it's a terrible story. I'm going to put a link to the in the show notes. Spread the word on that story as much as you can. Uh, there's a couple that was captured on surveillance outside of a church uh, late at night on the 28th of January. and They were caught dragging this poor dog behind their vehicle. Uh, a member of the church had come by that next morning and found the dog, taking it to uh, Andy Straley Veterinarian Hospital in Kingsport, Tennessee, and they had managed to save the dog's life, but it's had many surgeries. It's going to have to have several more, and I spoke with the veterinarian, uh, a veterinarian's office, and they're, they're thinking that 90 days at a minimum of rehabilitation that the dog would need to be there in their facility before it's able to be um, adopted. So they've got surveillance out, people trying to identify these monster bastard assholes that done this. And uh, I think they need to have their heads chopped the fuck off. <clears throat> I, I, it, it makes me sick to my stomach and it makes me angry at the same time. And I'm not trying to take a moral high road here. Uh, I'm trying to basically say that I feel like if you abuse this innocent, beautiful animal, this beautiful dog, this German Shepherd mix, it's a small, medium dog, small dog, whose name is now Church, I think that someone needs to take you, tie you behind a fucking car, and drag your stupid ass across the fucking parking lot. So, that's just my opinion. So this week, and I think today, it's been 17 years since... Mara Murray went missing in New Haverhill, New Hampshire. And uh, no one knows where she's at to this day. She's been missing for a while. And we all know that Mara Murray, her case, has been, is probably one of the, I mean, it's, if not the most popular as far as True Crime Podcast or, or uh, Reddit, Twitter, uh, Mara Murray, her case is the, in my opinion, the foundation for all things True Crime Podcast. That's just my opinion. But it is, it's the case that got me into listening to podcasts. It's the case that got me in, interested in true crime genre type 
movies or videos or or podcasts or whatever it may be. It is an intriguing case. Now, we want to try to be respectful to the Mara's family. We don't want to be disrespectful if we, you know, <clears throat> make a, a joke of something. We're not. Uh, I've got to try to be entertaining as far as to tell the story, and and I know that there's, um, you know, certain suspects possibly that you know as well that that gets. Uh, bashed on Twitter and, and they've done some stupid shit and they're probably bad people but I want to try to have respect for their family as well but what I want to do is it's probably going to be a couple of episodes because I just don't feel like I can put it all into one because there's so many rabbit holes a person can go down and get into this case uh, of Mara Murray it's now, we all know the Mara Murray, uh, Missing Mara Murray podcast is my favorite. It's the first podcast that I ever listened to, and it's hand, hands down an amazing podcast, which they've just changed their format on that to Missing, but they still have the Missing Mara Murray as well. But those guys do an amazing, amazing job. But what I want to talk about in this episode, and I'm not going to get into too many of the conspiracy theories or, or, or go down... Uh, the rabbit holes, I want to kind of go and cover the timeline before the actual crash. And then after that, as we go along the, the timeline and talk about what we know, we can dive and go down individual type conspiracy theories or rabbit holes that's come up over the years as we go. Um, and then... You know, hopefully in the next episode I want to cover the crash itself and some of the other theories. But we know that Mara Murray went missing on February the 9th. Two thousand and five. Oh my god, hold on just a second. So we know it's been seventeen years since she went missing. We know she went missing on, on November the 9th. But what I want to look at, my question is this. Here's what I, here's my question. And it's always bugged me. What? Now, Mara, she, she had a, a close family. And, and I feel like growing up, Fred Murray, her father, was a, a, a strict disciplinarian type that wanted his daughters to do amazing things. And what? Father doesn't. These girls were the cream of the crop when it comes to high school and to things they were doing. They were superstars. They were track stars. They were academic stars. So undoubtedly in high school, Mara probably had ungodly amounts of pressure on her to perform at a very, very, very high level. And we know that she did because she was... Admitted into West Point. And so here's where the journey starts for missing Mara Murray. Mara Murray. She's at West Point. She has a boyfriend that is at West Point, Bill Roush. He is a career or going to be a career military man. We know West Point is, by God, some of the strictest, strenuous, and most difficult environment to, to be in and especially to be in but to 
they'll go above and beyond to 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 uh, make great achievements at West Point is something that's uh, very difficult. So we know her story starts here at West Point, and we want to kind of go through this and talk about what happened or what was going on with Mara Murray before the accident, up to the accident. So this episode of the weekly podcast, we're going to talk about part one of Mara Murray. Where is Mara Murray? But more importantly on this episode, what was going on in Mara's life that was causing her to unravel? This is... The Weekly Podcast. Okay, so we know Mara Murray, born May 4th, 1982. Um... Went missing February 9th, 2004 in New Haverhill, uh, New Hampshire uh, on Route 112. But what was going on with Mara leading up to this May the 9th accident to which she's never seen again? What, and I, like I said, I'm going to go and I'm going to mention a couple conspiracies, so don't, don't freaking bite my head off. It's just a couple of things that are out there. So, we know that she is at West Point, And we know that West Point is a, a tremendous, tremendous amount of, of, of pressure. And it, it's, it just takes a lot to be at this school. So, we know that while at West Point, she is off um, at Fort Knox. And we know she shoplifts some very minor items, some lip glosses and some various things like that from the commissary at the Fort Knox. So Mara knew what would happen if she got caught stealing from the commissary at Fort Knox. Now, it's either the pressure of, of just West Point in itself or all those years of, of everybody expecting so much from her. Um, maybe this new boyfriend has added some extra stress on top of it. Then you've got West Point. West Point is extremely hard to get into. So she done it. She's in. She's in. But I believe it was consuming her. I believe it was too much for her to bear. And I believe at some point she had a breaking point to where she started to unravel. And this seems to be the first stage of it here is the shoplifting. So she knows what's going to happen. She knows that she's either going to be expelled from for, uh, from West Point or she is going to have to withdraw. So she withdraws from West Point. Now she enrolls at UMass as a junior. Um, and while she's there at UMass, she writes down a credit card and begins to use this credit card number that belongs to someone else uh, for food and things like that across campus. And she orders a pizza and it's delivered to her. So they track it back to her dorm room. She is caught. Now, she gets in trouble. She's put on probation. But here's the type of probation she's on. It's not necessarily I'm on probation. It is, hey, we're going to give you one year 
And if you get in no trouble in one year, we're going to come back, we're going to visit this, and we're going to dismiss this. So basically, we're going to leave it out there hanging. We're not necessarily going to you know, give you any judgment on it right this second, but we're going to give you a year. You go a year with no troubles, and we'll dismiss the charge. I think that's important. And it's important for several reasons because, A, the next thing we hear about is Mara wrecking her father's car. We know on February now, okay, I'm going to say this first, and, and don't don't go get kicking in my ass. Uh, around 10, this is a, a conspiracy type theory. Uh, February 5th, talks to the sister. Uh, Mar took a break from her co for coffee and food at the UMass security desk. Somewhere between 12 midnight and 1 a.m., she hits a student, Petri Vassi, um, Hits him, leaves the scene, and goes back to work. Now, there is um, other articles and things that say she didn't have time to do that. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, but we do know that at around 1, 1 a.m. to one twenty on February 6th, that Mara had a uh, complete and emotional breakdown. We know the witnesses by student, a student, and uh, she even reported to a supervisor. The supervisor helped Mara... Um, back to her dorm. Now we know that right before that, Mara received a phone call. Now this phone call is not the one she spoke to her sister, but this phone call, when police tracked it down, was from a commons area that was on campus. The campus has its own phone system. You can walk into a dorm or you can walk into the waiting area of somewhere, pick up a phone, or anywhere on campus, make a phone call, and it's traced back to that phone. But if it's a common area, then you have no idea who was standing there. So we know someone called her. After she gets off the phone, she has an absolute emotional breakdown and, and, has, has, had, and has to be taken to her dorm. I don't know what this phone call was. It could be anything. But obviously it was something that totally, totally unwound and broke. Broke! Mara Murray. This is the catalyst. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. Whatever this phone call is, is the phone call that takes all these little pressures and all these, you, you've got the, all this mounting pressure. You've got all this shit. Uh, you got Mara screaming out for a little bit of help. I'm shoplifting from Fort Knox. I'm fucking stealing credit card numbers and buying pizza. This isn't Mara Murray. From everybody, she is a straight ace, straight A, top of the line, cream of the crop student. But she's unwise, she's unraveling, she's losing it. And whatever this phone call is, is it's over. It's it's she loses it. So we know that on February the eighth, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, February the seventh, Saturday, we know that Fred has come up now. Now it's said that Mara's car was a piece of shit. It was in bad shape. Fred didn't want her driving it. But it was drivable. It was drivable. But we know all of a sudden on February 7th, Saturday, Fred withdraws $4,000 from the bank. 
he comes up tomorrow uh, at UMass, and they go car shopping by themselves. Now, that evening, Fred and Mara, they pick up one of her friends. They go buy alcohol. They go back to Fred's room. Now, later in that night, Mara and her friend take her dad's brand-new Corolla out to a party. And we know that Mara wrecks this car and does eight to $10,000 worth of damage to this car. She's not arrested, but remember, if she gets in trouble within this next year, it's her ass. So was she drinking? No one done field sobriety test. The cop that was on the scene said that he didn't suspect any drinking, but we know that can't be the case because they had bought alcohol earlier. Now, maybe she hadn't been drinking uh, up to that point, but we know from her actions over the next couple of days that she enjoys drinking. So, was it a pretty girl on campus? The cops like, oh, I'm gonna let this slide. Maybe, maybe it's something they see more of than what normal normal police do. I'm not sure, but the point is, she's now wrecked her dad's car. She gets it towed. She gets a ride to the hotel where her dad is staying. Okay. Now we know that next morning and into that next afternoon. Uh, February 8th, that next morning, Fred goes home. So we know February 8th, 3 a.m., she's wrecked and she's towed. We know that next morning, Fred goes home. We know at 4.49 on February 8th, she calls her boyfriend, Bill. We know around 8.30 that, she, that morning, she checks. Hold on. 4.49 in the morning. A.M., February 8th, she calls Bill. I'll make sure I make, get my times right. Fred goes home. At 8.30 a.m., Mara, we know she checks her voicemail. Now, at 11.30, she talks to her father and agrees to get pr the proper forms and police uh, records and things like that for the wreck because his insurance is going to cover it. Now, we know on February 8th, um, according to the police, she makes some searches on her computer for directions to Burlington, Vermont. And she also searches for the Berkshires. So what's going on with Mara? We know within just a little short period of time, she shoplifted from Fort Knox. She's stolen a credit card number and, and purchased things with it. She's wrecked her dad's car. And now she is on February the 9th, Monday, 12.55 p.m., she makes a phone call about a condo in Bartlett, New Hampshire. It's a three-minute phone call. Her and the family have been at this condo before, or these condos before, in a past vacation. Uh, her, Bill, her boyfriend, and, and Fred. So what, what's going on? Is she, is she planning a trip? Has she just had so much that she's wanting to get away? What has she got going on? What was that phone call about that sent her off? <sighs> whatever comes up next and whatever she's doing, I think only she knows. At 1 p.m., February the 9th, she sends an email to Bill basically saying, I don't really want to talk right now. I'll holler at you later. Whatever. Now, we know at 1.13 on February 9th, she calls another student. Um and leaves a voicemail. We know at 2.05 p.m. she makes a phone call to 1-800-GHOSTO. It's a five-minute call. We know that this number is 
out of order as far as talking to someone and she listens to a recording. At 2.18 p.m., she calls Bill for one minute, Bill Roush. And we got a couple hour break here, so we know between what she does between two and four, but we know at four in this neighborhood that there's a lot of action going on, a lot of activity. There's the uh, busiest part of her day. Um, we know between 3.30 and 4.30 p.m., a classmate sees Mara leave the campus. We know somewhere around 4 p.m., she emails her boss and some teachers stating that she has a death in the family and that she'll be gone for several days up to a week. We know somewhere around 4 p.m. Mara is seen on eight, uh, ATM or surveillance footage at the bank withdrawing $280 from her account, leaving almost nothing in there. We know that sometime around 4 or earlier, she buys $35 to $40 worth of alcohol, a box of wine, Baileys, things like that. We know somewhere around 4 p.m. To, to later, she leaves Amherst heading up Route 91 North. At 4.37, she checks her messages. There's a couple of people that say they've seen her at a gas station. They seen, but at 4.37, she checks her messages. What was causing her life to unravel? What was going on with Mara that she felt the need to lie to her professors and to basically leave town. She had packed up things from her dorm. She had withdrew her money out of her bank account and she was leaving. We know she made phone calls to cabins and, and things like that to maybe possibly get a room. Look, what was she doing? You know, I've heard other podcasts say that she was going up to make arrangements to pay her her license, uh, because her license was suspended in New Hampshire, which sounds to me like the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. She was going somewhere with somebody. The bottom line. She was going somewhere. Now, was she coming back? Yes. Had she had enough? Yes. She wanted to get the fuck out of there. What was the reason she wanted to get out of there? What was causing Mara Murray to spiral out of control? She had shoplifted from Fort Knox and, and withdrew from West Point. West Point is a big deal. That's a big fucking deal. That is a huge deal. That People just cross that. They just look over that. It's like, oh, she got caught shoplifting a couple of uh, lip glosses and now she's over to you, my. That's a fucking big deal. Two, Mara was not ignorant. She was, a, she was, from what I can gather, a super... I mean, a super student, uh, and maybe that's the pressure. Maybe all the high school and all the shit was was too much. It was too much, and I'm sure West Point is not a fucking community college, folks. West Point is a big deal, and to get caught shoplifting at Fort Knox and to get kicked out of West Point or withdrawal is a big deal. That's a big deal. Uh, and obviously, I mean, there's no more I can say it's a big deal, and I don't have any more information as to what was going on there. We know Bill was there, 
And we know now Mara was, we know Bill was there. Her boyfriend Mara was there. Now Mara's not there because she got caught shot. Now, it didn't stop there. It wasn't a one-off. Like, oh, I forgot to pay. I had money in my pocket. She takes a credit card number and, and she steals a credit card and buys shit with it. Credit card fraud. That's a big deal. That's that's too in, that's out of character for her. That is a big deal. What was going on to cause her to act out in this way? Now, whether she hits the boy and does the hit and run is beside the point. Maybe she did. If she did, that could be the phone call. I'd also read a story where possibly she was having an affair with a track coach, one of the track coaches. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But let's say that it is. Let's say she is pregnant. Let's say she's not pregnant. The point of this this podcast is to throw all the stuff at it. You can research it for yourself. A lot of it's out there. And the truth be told, none of us really know what the fucking truth is. So a person can say, no, that didn't happen. Or, oh, I knew more like this. Or, no, there's no way that. Whatever. You don't know is the bottom line. Because you can't sit here and tell me that, that there was nothing going on with Mara. And, and that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard if you say it. Because something was going on. The phone call is the key. The phone call. The one that came from the commons type area that couldn't... It could be traced, but it couldn't be traced to an individual. Is the key. So let's say... She hits the hit and run gentleman. And it's a phone call saying, Hey, man, this guy's in a coma. He's probably going to die. You need to get the fuck out of town. And so she's stressed about this. Like, oh my God, my car's crap. I can't drive. It's hit. What am I going to do? I got to hide it. So let's look the rabbit hole. Let's look down the rabbit hole that's called Petrit Vasi. And if I'm pronouncing it wrong, fuck you. I don't care. So let's say Mara does hit this gentleman. Her car's damaged. She's got to hide it. And what better way for the next few days? Oh, it's such a piece of shit, I can't drive it. Oh, no, Dad doesn't want me to drive it. She calls her dad. Hey, I've hit this guy. He's in a coma. My car's messed up. I'm going to be in trouble. You know for a fact that Fred Murray would do anything in the world for his daughter. So, boom, gets the money. We're up there to find a car. But before they can find a car, she wrecks his which, is, which goes right in line with her behavior, which is abnormal. She's spiraling, but she manages to weasel her way out of any trouble and just gets, and other than just the fact of the car is now wrecked. So Fred, hell, now Fred's got to worry about getting him a damn car. So we got to call time out on the car, the car purchasing. So Fred goes back home, but before Fred can turn around, she's gone. Now, I'm just throwing out different theories that I've read. I don't need someone to say, oh, this didn't happen, you're stupid. Yes, I'm stupid. But all I'm saying is throwing you out hypothetical, different types of situations that possibly could have happened. Now, you say they maybe they didn't. Okay, maybe they didn't. Fine. But here's what I do know. You have no idea what happened to Mara Murray. I have no idea what happened to Mara Murray. No one knows where Mara Murray is. We'll be right back.
let me apologize first and foremost if I get a date wrong or if I say something that's that's wrong as far as factual dates. Some of this is uh, hypothetical, and I think a lot of uh, these podcasts go on speculation. Um, but what this episode is about is the the fact is that Mara Murray had something going on in her life that was causing her some sort of discomfort. I don't know what it is, and I'm not speculating as to what it could be. We all know through the pressures of life how, how life can be strenuous. Everybody knows. But think for a second of how much pressure was on Mara Murray. This girl was a straight-A, I mean, just cream-of-the-crop student, and she's in West Point. The pressure alone to get in West Point. But now she's at West Point. She's in West Point. The pressure's to keep that up. But she gets caught stealing from Fort Knox and, and has to withdraw from West Point or get expelled. That's a big deal. That's a that's a big factor in what's going on with her life. That, that's, a, that's a milestone in her life. Then going to UMass, and while at UMass... She um, gets in trouble for stealing a credit card or a credit card number and making purchases with that. And has a year to be good or is going to be in trouble. I think that has a little bit to do with what happens over the next few days because without the, having that lingering trouble of any t- anything I, in, on, on her mind or in her mind is any, if I do anything to fuck up in this year, I'm fucked. I'm going to do, I'm going to do trouble or do time or I'm going to be in trouble for this Shop or uh, the theft charge or whatever they called it. So we know that she disappeared February 9th. We know that her wreck was February 9th. She went missing February 9th. Now there had been speculation that on the 5th of February in that neighborhood that she takes a break from work and hits this gentleman, uh, Vassy, puts him in a coma, and now she's got this hit and run, possibly uh, some kind of uh, vehicular homicide or vehicular assault. She's on this probation. Uh, they go into panic mode and try to get her a new vehicle, blah, 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 whatever. It's a theory. It, 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 I've read a story that she didn't have enough time to do that or was not involved. Okay, she wasn't involved. But if she was, I could see that as something that would be absolutely traumatic. You know, maybe with whatever she had going on, she was drinking a little bit more. I don't know whether it be with Bill Roush, her boyfriend, they're apart from one another. I feel like that she wanted to get away from him for some reason. Uh, we know that he had cheated on her. We know that there had been some issues with her seeing some guys that she had met, and Bill had heard a voicemail. So their relationship wasn't the greatest. But we also know that he was too far away to do anything. But what was leading up to this event on February 9th. Now, I'd heard a story yesterday, and it concerned basically what's called, they called it a a ditch job, or that Mara had had an accident before, her airbags had deployed, um, and then the wreck job there um, on February 9th was a staging job. And she ditched the car and you know made it look like uh, her accident there. But I will say this. They say the airbags had deployed. They say there wasn't much powder from the airbags in the car. I was hit 
head-on by a truck, 1500. Now, the truck didn't hit me head-on. It hit a car in front of me and went airborne and come through my windshield. Guess what, what did not deploy? My airbag in the steering wheel did not deploy because it was not a front-end collision. The airbag in the front will only deploy, for the most part, with a solid front-end collision. Now, I'm going to get into more depth on the, the accident next week, but what I really wanted to talk about was leading up to that accident. What was causing her to, to lose it? Now, we know there's a theory that she was having a relationship with one of the track coaches. Now, we know that on her computer, she had fa there had found searches for pregnancy-type-related terms and things like that. Now, I do know that her family and other friends or whatever had stated that these were terms she was looking at for her nursing. She was in the nursing program, and that is probably true. But maybe she was pregnant by the track coach because we know that the, the track team had a cabin up that way. She had made uh, some calls about different cabins and condos in that area, whether it be one bedroom, two bedroom, three, I don't give a shit. She was trying to go stay somewhere, okay? So maybe she is heading up there with the track coach in tandem, not far behind her. Maybe she is pregnant with his baby. Maybe they get up there and, and on the way she spins out and all this shit goes down. She jumps in the car with him. It doesn't. It only helps his plan because maybe his plan was he was going to get her up there and kill her because he's got a wife, he's got a family, and he can't have another baby. He can't have this woman destroying his life. I don't know. Just it's a hypothetical. We know that days before she went missing, she had a lot going on. She had a lot going on. I'd like to know what it was. I'd like to know exactly what it was that caused her to start to tailspin. And it started before this. It started before this. But people just, and we don't have a lot of information, but people just kind of overlook it like, okay, she left uh, West Point, but, but she left. Do you hear that? That's a big deal. The credit card theft, that's a big deal. This is behavior that's not, Anything like Mara. We know that a few weeks before she goes missing, she makes a phone call to a woman in Weymouth, and this woman investigates child abuse. That's all I know. What was that phone call about? What was that concerning? So let's look at the days leading up to her missing. Real quick. We know on February 5th there's a hit and run in that neighborhood. Because I know that she gets up. Let's see. Now whether that hit and run has anything to do with it, I'm just putting that out there. It probably doesn't. It doesn't. Well, it's just a conspiracy theory. We know that on the 6th, around 1 a.m., she, she has a complete emotional breakdown. Uh, it's witnessed by a student who reported to the supervisor. The supervisor helps Mara back to her dorm. 
We know it was a phone call that was that Mara had received there at her security desk. And um, we know that it upset her. And it was traced to a common type area on campus. It was part of the campus phone system. So we know February the 7th, for some reason, Fred comes up with four grand to go car shopping. And that evening, Fred, Mar, and a friend pick up some alcohol, go back to Fred's room, and they hang out. We know later that night, Mara goes to a party with a friend and Rex and basically totals Fred's car, does about $10,000 worth of damage to it. We know into that next morning, February the 8th, you know, she calls Bill. Fred goes home. We've got to put the car, in, you know, car searching on hold. Hell, I, Fred's got to get a car now. Uh, we know at 11, she talks to Fred again and agrees, you know, he's like, hey, get the proper paperwork. Let's get this shit straightened out on Monday. But what is she doing? Does she know at this point that she's dipping the fuck out of here? That she's going? Was, of course, was she just driving up to get her license fixed? Which is, I don't even understand that theory. I've always tried to make sense of that. So she goes up, tries to find her a hotel room or a condo up there in that area to, to stay so she can get up and go pay a fucking ticket? Whatever. So, in the meantime, she's searching for directions to Burlington, Vermont, to the Berkshire. She calls about a condo in Bartlett, uh, has a three-minute call. This is the next day, Monday, February 9th. We know at 1 o'clock, February 9th, she sends an email to Bill. She don't want to talk to Bill. She's got some shit going on. Why don't you want to talk to Bill? We know at 1.13, she leaves the student another voicemail, maybe about some shirts or some clothing, whatever. We know she calls Ghosto, listens to a five-minute recording. We know she's 218, she calls Bill for a minute. We know at 4 o'clock, by God, this is it. At 4 o'clock, she emails the boss, the teachers, the professors, the everybody that she needs to put on hold and let them know that she's going to be gone for a week. We know that from that time, between 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock, we know that a lot goes on. We know that... Uh, she goes to the bank. It's $280. We know that she buys about $35 or $40 worth of alcohol. We know that she checks her messages. We know that a student sees her leaving campus. And we know that she is, by God, leaving Amherst up Route 91 North. The next thing that we know about Mara Murray is a phone call to 911 at 7.29 p.m. that there's a car that has had an accident. It's spun. It's hit a snowbank. It's hit a tree. It's hit something. It's a lot of things. But this is a strange, because look at the conspiracy theories. Look at, I mean, look. let's just look at the wackiest side of this whole case that we can look at. I mean, at the end of the day, she was planning on coming back, right? Or was she trying to disappear forever? That is, I don't buy that. That's too hard to do. That's too much. Because let's say she hates Bill Rouse and she hates her dad. She still loves her sisters. I don't buy that. That's too. That's too hard for one person to do is to stay gone and to stay hidden. It's virtually. It's impossible, really, to do. It's it's impossible. But I want to talk about next next episode. I want to talk about the wreck and the people that she saw. And some of the conspiracy theories there, and and what could have possibly happened. But 
Did her demise come before the wreck? Did she know who was ultimately going to take her? Or was it a chance encounter or something that happened because of the wreck or after the wreck? So let's say everything leading up to this wreck is just what it is. Just shit. Just shit going on during the day. It's just your basic everyday shit. Hey, I'm going to get my money. I'm going to get me some liquor. I'm going to go up here and get me a cabin. I'm going to kick back, relax. Fuck this shit. I'm tired of it. Yeah, I'm going to have Billy Bob come up, my Billy Jack, whatever. We do know that no one on campus has said much. Is it because they don't know much? Or are they covering something up? Her so-called friends, not one time that I recall, was anybody really concerned about Mara after she'd went missing? No one went up there to look that I recall. You didn't hear anything from her friends, the ones she went to the party with, or, or the ones she carpooled with, the nursing students, while her car was uh, not drivable for those days that she needed to ride to class. What happened to Mara? But that, that was my question, because it's like it always bothered me because there's a num numerous amount of things that can happen. And you can say, well, no, she didn't hit and run that guy. Okay, she probably didn't. But what if, by chance, there's some slim chance that, that she did? And I say, maybe she was pregnant by one of her track coaches. Okay, she probably wasn't. But what if there was some slim chance she was? And that guy was nutty because, I'm going to tell you right now, you threaten to tell his wife, He'd lose his job, he'd lose his tenure, he'd lose his pension, he'd lose his wife, he'd lose his life. And if you don't think somebody's going to fucking kill you for that, then you're nuts. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just, this is a podcast, I don't, I'm not a professional. So, and I may have made some mistakes through this, and I'm sorry if I did. Uh, I might be off on a few of my dates, but I know she went missing, I know she went missing February 9th, and I know that a few days before that, a lot of this shit went on whether I missed a date on the phone call or, or whatever. But I know she got a phone call that at her security desk that upset her tremendously later on in the night, and it wasn't her fucking sister. It was made from a common area place on campus. It was on campus, from campus. Somebody talked to Mara the night. Well, who, who was it? It wasn't her sister. Talked to her sister earlier on. And you think she's going to lose her fucking mind because her sister wants to go... Go to a liquor store. She's gonna she's gonna be upset about that, but she's gonna lose her shit because her sister that's been an alcoholic for as long as she can remember. Her sister she's gonna lose her shit like that because her sister wants to have a drink or be with a jackass that brought a drink to the damn rehab facility. No, come on. Who talked tomorrow that night? Because I believe that set into motion a lot. Because then you got her wrecking her dad's car. Fred's come down to boom trying to help her out because now she needs a car. This car is drivable. It was. And maybe it smoked a little bit. Maybe it wasn't the best thing in the world, but it was drivable until it wasn't. And then it has to sit. And then he's got to come down with four grand. And I'm sure he didn't have it. Come down with four grand trying to get her a car. But in the process of trying to get her a car, she fucking wrecks his car. So he, he's probably to the end of his rope at this point. But I'd love to know what happened. I'd love to know what set her off to make these mistakes. And everybody makes mistakes. And I guarantee the pressures of West Point and UMass and life. And my God, this woman's had to be at the top of her game forever. Might have just been too much. And she made a few bad choices. 
But I want to talk about next time. I don't want to do a whole hour. I don't want to try to throw a lot at it because I'll get confused myself about the wreck and after the wreck. But I, I just wanted to kind of put a little emphasis on what had happened tomorrow before, you know, the wreck and before she went missing. Just the different things that were slowly snowballing or just the different things that were caught that, you know, showed a sign of her unraveling or her not being like she normally is. So I'll talk to you next week or I may put it out a few days earlier and we'll talk about in the next episode. We'll just talk about the wreck and some of the stuff that I know about that. And, uh, I just hope that uh, one day we can find out what happened. This is the weekly podcast.